welcome to the Of The Earth Podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of The Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. I am excited to be connecting with you again today. I have a little bit of an unexpected topic for our podcast today, which I didn't come in intending to talk about, but life happens. And when life happens, we respond to it. When life is moving through us, we get to bring things to the surface that may never have come into this space. But today is one of those days. Today is a day in which I walked in on the unexpected, and I'm going to share that with you and my thoughts about it. And so let's begin. Um, What I will say is I woke up this morning and prepared for a beautiful tea ceremony. I served tea to a lovely group of humans here on my deck in the mountains in Boulder. It is a gorgeous day. It was the perfect weather. The birds were so alive and... And it's really nice. My deck faces west, so there's a good amount of time in the morning where we are still in the shade. So sitting out for tea in the a.m. here is just glorious, and it really requires the right set of conditions in order for an outside tea ceremony to work here. So that means... It needs to be warm enough, actually, not cool enough, because the shade and here at 7,000 feet elevation, it can still be pretty chilly in the mornings. So it has to be warm enough. It has to be calm enough. So I live out on a ridge and the winds here can get like house shaking insane. And so we just want maximum light breeze, otherwise you know, things get blown away or the wind just cools the water down immediately as it goes from the kettle into the teapot. And so a light breeze is just what you need. And today that's what we had. And the last thing is pollen season changes (laughs) the situation outside. So there's a good probably month or so in which every day I'm just sweeping yellow pollen off of the deck and 
pollen season hasn't started here yet. So I'm really excited about that. And we just had this beautiful, clear, wonderful day with the, the sound of birds, turkeys in the distance, chickadees singing. Um, there's these beautiful green swallows that play right on the deck and just dive all around the valley. Um, they're super chatty. I love them so much. Um, and then hummingbirds, so many hummingbirds diving. And at the beginning of our ceremony, one just kind of circled over us and hovered and said, hello. It was so beautiful. And as I said, wonderful group, amazing tea. It was actually quite profound. <laughs> I think that there was definitely a moment in the tea ceremony where I was kind of like, whoa, this is a powerful ceremony. This tea is strong. This group is strong. <laughs> and <laughs> I need to ground myself for a second. Um, I felt a little stoned in a, in, a, in a sweet way. Sometimes I feel like presence is just being so present can be a little bit uncentering, if that makes sense. So yeah, we just had the sweetest conversation afterwards and it was so beautiful. I was very appreciative. Again, I'm going to say I was very appreciative of the birds in this ceremony. I love the birds and I'm getting to know them more and more in this area. And they just, I just felt so much appreciation for them while we were drinking tea. When I was little, I grew up with birds as pets and my mom, she used to buy me bird books and bird encyclopedias. And <laughs> when we'd travel, we'd always go to see birds. I love, love, love them. And I feel like as an adult right now, I'm reconnecting with that childhood love. And so it was great. It was a beautiful morning. We cleaned up afterwards. I went down to town for a sweet yoga class. It was kind of a slow flow, which was so nice, exactly what I needed. And I um, I came home super excited and ready to come and re record a podcast for you all. And so I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, my topic, and all this good stuff, driving home, up the mountain, super excited, great day, it's Sunday, it's a beautiful time, and I walk into my house, and I just see all of these little gray fluffs on the floor, and as it hits me what's happening, I'm just like, no, 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 no. And among the gray fluffs, I see a bigger gray mound, gray and yellow mound. And what I came home to was the scene of a bird murder. That's right. My cats killed a bird. And... <laughs> Ugh, this is like the worst thing for me to come home on or come walk in on. Um, it's happened once before. And it's just tragic. It's tragic. I love my cats. And cats are little hunters. These obligate carnivores that like to bring us these little beings, kill them and bring them to us as gifts. 
or so I hear. My cats aren't really like that, but they did today. And I'm here holding this sweet bird in my hands, the sweet, the body of this sweet little angel. And it's, it was a goldfinch. And <laughs> Gracie, one of my cats, she comes over and she just sits in my lap and purrs and purrs and purrs and purrs. So proud of herself. And I'm just, I'm horrified. I'm heartbroken. And it really has me thinking. Because this is sad. It's not something I want to happen, you know? And it just has me contemplating, what do I do? What do I do with this little being? And how do I make this not happen again? And how do I feel about it? And this is nature, right? This is a part of nature. And also in my stewardship and guardianship, how can I be a better guardian? So many of these songbirds are endangered right now and their habitats are... Um, disappearing at the hands of humans. And here I spend my time and my morning and my life celebrating these birds to come home to this bird murder was extra sad today. It's happened once before where they killed a bird. And that time, man, I was having a bad day and I came home and they'd killed a hummingbird. And that one really got me really, really got me. And I couldn't even look at my cats. I just immediately took the body and buried it outside. And oh, I was so, so sad. Um, so at least this one today, I'm coming in on a, on a high note. So it didn't hit me as hard, but it's still really sad. And I've watched it happen. So this is what happens. Because when I sit outside on the deck with my cats, there's birds coming close all the time and they don't chase after them. I watch and I check and, I'm, and I think, whoo, this one got close. What are the birds doing? And they're just, or what are the cats doing? And they're just straight up chilling. They're not trying to go after these birds. But when I leave the doors open to the house so that the cats can go in and out of the deck during the day, which I do when it's great weather, like for this perfect tea ceremony this morning. Sometimes a bird flies into the house. And when a bird flies into the house, the cats go crazy. And the bird goes crazy. And the bird's trying to get out. And one of the the interesting things about this space is that the ceilings are very high. So maybe the, mm, I don't know, it's probably somewhere between 25 and 30 feet in the main room and the windows are low. So if they fly in, it's very hard for them to get out. And that's when it happens. That's the only time I've, I've seen it when I've been in the house a few times and I've saved the birds. And then, as I mentioned twice, when I've been away, they've killed a bird. And it just has me thinking, what's the difference? Why are they hunting inside but not outside? And I think it's just so unexpected for them. And also my birds are, or my cats, <laughs> keep saying my birds instead of my cats. Hmm. I wonder what's happening with that. <laughs> but my cats are obsessed with that feather toy. I don't know if you have cats and if you 
use the same thing, but like the da bird, they love that thing. And I feel like if a bird comes into this space, it's literally like real life da bird, real life. And they're good at it. They're good at getting that bird. And so, yeah, yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. And so here's what's getting me to. I feel like I was given warnings that this was going to happen. And I didn't listen. My teacher, she said to me a couple weeks ago when I asked, I can't remember what it was that I asked her about, but she said, Mariana, there are no synchronicities in nature. Everything, or sorry, that's not right. She said, Mariana, there are no coincidences in nature. <laughs> Everything is alive. Everything's talking to you. Everything is synchronous. And so this was about some other thing that happened that, again, I can't remember. But here's where it comes up in this situation. Yesterday, I was driving and I left my house. Or was that today? No, it was this morning. This morning I went outside and I accidentally left the garage door open all night. And as I walked into the garage to go outside, a goldfinch flew out, was flying in the garage and then flew out. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Usually there aren't birds in here. And then later when I was driving to yoga, as I was pulling out my car, a goldfinch flew into the garage again and then flew out. And I thought to myself, is there a nest in here? Why is this goldfinch coming in? And on top of that, my cat, the one that I'm assuming is the culprit, her name is Gracie, has been so weird today. She was very needy. She's very restless. She's very, you know, I don't know. She's just all over the place today. And even as we were getting ready for tea, we were kind of annoyed with her. She was just being annoying. <laughs> she was getting in everyone's way. And as I said, she was very needy. It was, it's unlike her. And I feel like I noticed both of those things enough to make a note of it in my mind, but I didn't take it seriously enough to actually think, okay, is there something that I should be wary of here? For example, this goldfinch keeps coming into the home through the garage. Maybe I should close the doors today. Maybe today actually isn't a good day to leave the doors wide open. Gracie's being weird. She's on alert. Again, maybe she should stay inside instead of going outside. These are things that I could have easily picked up on. And looking back on it now, I feel that yes, this was being communicated to me. And these little hints from the universe to pay attention, pay attention, stay in your guardianship throughout your entire day not just when you're thinking about it. Even though you're jumping in the car to run to a yoga class, you still are a human here and you're still a guardian and steward of this land. So when the beings are talking to you, when they're sharing something that's out of the norm, can I take a moment to actually 
listen and ask, hey, what are you trying to tell me? It doesn't take long, um, but it does take intention. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take long, but it does take intention and a moment to stop and do that. And I didn't. And I feel that this little goldfinch, I'm curious if it's the same one, but I feel that this little goldfinch paid the price. And, and I learned, unfortunately, instead of just by trusting and not needing proof or an obvious outcome, I learned that I was being communicated to or requested something of the hard way through the death of a winged one, the death of one of my relations, the death of one of these beings here on this land that I've just been starting to get to know. So I don't say this to beat myself up because I don't feel that inside, but I say this to invite a deeper curiosity in the messages from nature and also invite more confidence in myself to actually believe that I'm being communicated with, to believe that I am an integral part of this ecosystem here that I've been committed to for almost six years now. And yeah, to just take my role as guardian and steward a little bit more seriously. You know, stewardship's about loving loving nature, loving the land. And that's pretty much like where I've been with these birds, loving them. But guardianship is actually listening and impacting change for the benefit of the beings and the land. And that's really what I'm always trying to step into, always trying to go a little bit deeper, not just to appreciate, but also to bring in inspired action so that I can create a harmonious place for my relations to exist and survive and thrive here on this land. And that's important to me. And so we learn our lessons in many different ways. And today I did through a bird murder, bird murder. That's a fun one to say, bird murder. It reminds me of, I don't know if any of you ever watched 30 Rock, <laughs> but there is an episode where Jenna's in a movie called The Rural Juror, and they call it The Rural Juror. So anytime I say something that kind of sounds like that, I think of that episode, and it makes me laugh. Bird murder. Bird murder. Okay. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? What do we do when, because of our actions or the actions of those that we care for, that we're caretakers for, end up in, end up in the loss of life of one of our relations? So I gave an example here today, but I think one of the most common examples that we all see is with roadkill. 
and I, and I shared this on Instagram a few weeks ago because this year I have been seeing so much roadkill and animals that I'm not used to seeing. In downtown Boulder, I saw a coyote on the side of the road, um, seen some deers and, oh, and I was driving out to the mountains in Colorado the other week and I saw a domestic cat. So speaking of our beloved companions and familiars. Um, I saw a cat in the road and I've just been seeing so many animals hit by our cars. And I'm, you know, I mentioned it on Instagram as just a reminder for all of us to slow down, right? This is a senseless loss of life that happens because we're in a rush because we forget that we're sharing this planet with all of these other beings that are just trying to make it through the day. Um, yesterday I saw a bunny, a bunny ran out in front of my car, this little baby bunny. And I stopped for it and watched it hop by and it was just so cute. And it was in a shopping center in downtown Boulder. And I texted my friend. I just felt such a heaviness in my heart because my thought was, oh, this bunny is so cute. And my second thought was, I hope he makes it because that bunny did not really understand traffic yet or cars yet. (laughs) And I'm just like, oof, I hope he makes it. And yeah, there's just so much senseless, senseless death. I was reading this book that I recommend if you're, if you're curious. Um, I was reading this book about a man in France who lived with roe deer for seven years in the wild. He wasn't fully in the wild the entire time, but at the end, he really pretty much was. And he lived with the roe deer. The book's called Deer Man. And he lived with these roe deer and he would see them, you know, be hunted or uh, be killed by cars. And he was actually able to teach them to not be in the road during high traffic times. Because here's the thing, they would learn and they would know, okay, around this time and around this time, we don't cross roads. They would get it. It's kind of like the morning time, the rush hour times, right? The morning time, the evening time. And then daylight savings happens and everything gets shifted an hour and the animals don't get that. And so around daylight savings time changing, There's a lot of roadkill and a lot of deaths because the animals are going out in their normal time when it's safe for them. But our societal time has changed. And so we're essentially on the road at the wrong time for them. And so he was actually able to teach them in different ways about how to avoid that, um, that shift of time and not be on the road when it wasn't safe for them. He's also able to help them learn a bit of how to protect themselves better um, around the hunters as well. So, I mean, that is some beautiful guardianship right there. (laughs) Um, But, you know, roadkill, like, we just, we, I mean, we just kill these animals and we don't even take a moment because we're going so fast, we can't even take a moment to stop. Um, And then even if you're not the one that hit the animal, we're just passing them on the road. And every single time I pass one, I just feel so bad. I want to stop. I want to go back. I want to 
be with this body and honor this beautiful, sweet body of this animal. And I can't because it's dangerous. And there's so many implications to these things that, you know, if, if an animal's in the road that's been killed, the turkey vultures or other birds of prey might come to feed and then they can get hit because they're feeding in the road. So there's so many things that even just one animal death can lead to issues in the ecosystem that are man-made. And the question is, what do we do? What do we do from here? How do we, in you know the, the worst case scenario that an animal was killed senselessly, how do we make amends? Where do we start? And so I want to offer some suggestions. The first thing that we can do is feel our grief. Learn our lessons, right? Feel your grief, learn your lessons. So feel your grief means you're going to feel bad. Like I feel bad that this goldfinch died. I feel bad that I feel like I received the messages and they were strong enough for me to know when I look back that they're there, but they weren't strong enough for me to, or let's say they were strong enough for me to stop, but I didn't listen enough. I didn't take them seriously enough to actually stop and contemplate and change the environment for the well-being of everyone here. And so I feel bad and I feel that grief. And I also ask myself, what's the lesson here? And the lesson for me is to listen. If I'm driving and I were to hit an animal, the lesson would be that wasn't worth driving so fast that I couldn't stop. That wasn't worth not not paying attention and actually watching the road vigilantly because we share this planet with other beings. And so it's going to be snap, snap, snap. It's going to be, Mariana, wake up, listen, be present, be aware. That's always going to be one of my lessons if something like that happens. Take yourself more seriously as a being that impacts positive and negative change in this world. Take yourself more seriously as a being that can accidentally kill something. And so that's the first part. And then I'm going to make amends. I'm going to apologize. Apologize to the land apologize to the birds, apologize to the bird, um, apologize, you know, to spirit for being careless, right? Being careless, not being full of care, not being careful, but being careless. And, you know, take some time today. In this case, I can actually hold the bird and be with the bird and apologize and share my grief with it as a form of energy so that it may move on. So its little soul can move on. And then I'm going to spend some time in, you know, psychic communication, not only with the being that passed and just really let it know that I'm sorry and that its work is done here in this world so it can move forward. But also I'm going to share some, a little psychic communication. So just hold in my heart and in my mind, the being's family and let them know that the being passed and that they don't, cause you know, 
they're this to us, it might be like, Oh, a random bird, but this bird is a part of a family. It's a partner. It's a daughter. It's a son. It's like a part of an ecosystem and other birds rely on this bird. And so for any other being that might be looking for him or her, I'm just going to send a psychic communication that the birds passed and that they can move on and also make amends and that the birds work here is done just so that they know. And some of us have experienced this with our pets, right? If you have to put an animal down and you're, and you have two pets at home and the animal gets put down at the vet and just never comes back, the other animal will keep looking for it until it sees that it's dead. And so that seeing, that knowing that the animal passed is really important. And so I'll just share that psychically. If this is a roadkill situation, um, I haven't committed to doing this yet, but I really should. And I know others who do. Um, knock on wood, I've actually never hit an animal in the road. But it's good even for ones that you find that you didn't hit yourself to keep a shovel in your car. And if there's, you know, if it's a low traffic area so that you can actually do something about it, you can get out and with the shovel, move the body off to the side of the road so that when those vultures come in or other animals that are going to feed from the body, which is great, we want that to happen. That's death giving life. Um, that they don't get hit too, that they're not in dangers, in harm's way, as they are completing their sacred task on this planet, which is to consume the dead, consume the dead and again, turn it into life and purify our ecosystem and um, keep the ecosystem clean. And so you can use a shovel to just um, pass the animal off to the side of the road and always just tender love and care pray send a prayer may the beings of this land be taken care of may they be safe may the humans be more mindful um more aware more careful more full of care and you know even if it's not you that caused the death if you do come across some roadkill, an animal that's been hurt or killed, you can still do the same thing as a part of your guardianship. You can still be the one that actually helps do the rites after death, the death rites for this being, so that no more harm comes to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can't pull over and you just see the animal, you can still do it. You can still do it. You can still say a little prayer. You can still do the psychic communication to its loved ones, um, to its family, to its community. And you can still say that prayer for humans to be a little bit more careful, including yourself, including yourself. If you're in rural areas, know that you're more likely to have animals around. And so that's something to know when you're driving at night in a rural area, be a little bit slower, be a little bit more careful. Sometimes in rural areas, we think, oh, there's no one else around. I can go really fast, but allow yourself, make sure that you're going at a speed 
when you're driving that you can slow down if you need to. And yeah, these are just some of the things that, that I hope help you if this happens to you. Um, if you are around an animal that is killed unexpectedly, senselessly, carelessly. And so that's what I'm going to be spending my afternoon doing is spending some time with this goldfinch, just checking in, learning my lessons, offering it a sweet burial potentially. I think I might actually just leave it out so that um, some other being can can receive life from its little body. And today I'm just feeling the humility, the humility of having this human capacity to create change, this human ability to listen, to foresee, to foresee, and to create change for the better. To really be, you know, I like to think of guardianship as walking across a road and seeing a turtle on its back and knowing that as a human, we can just pick it up and turn it over. We can end the struggle so easily. And that's always how I like to think of it and that I get to do that. If I listen more, if I slow down more, if I ground more, and if I humble myself more to know that I'm not just living in this world, but I am of this world and living with many others. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes a day like today. It takes an uh, walking home, walking into your home onto an unexpected bird murder to receive that reminder. But I will not take that reminder lightly. And I'll continue on doing my best, doing the best that I can, which is going to be better tomorrow than it was today. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If you can relate at all, I would love to hear from you. And also if you have any tips, because you know what? I'm new to this. As I said, my cats, they're not, you know, I don't find myself in this position very often. I know some people put bells on their cats and collars and stuff to warn the birds. But once a bird gets inside, I think it's a totally different situation. And as I mentioned, my bird, my cats aren't really outdoor hunters, this is really something that happens inside. So maybe maybe it is as simple as just not keeping the doors as wide open on a beautiful day, but maybe some of you have some suggestions for me, so I'd love to hear them. You can send me a message on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra and yeah, that's what I got for you today. I'm so excited to hear from you. Thank you for listening. And I hope this episode allows you to be more empowered when we come into these difficult parts of living in human society and unfortunately causing this impact of killing other animals by accident. May this help you feel more empowered to step into guardianship, even in those difficult moments. All right. I am sending you so much love. Thank you for listening. And 
I'll see you next time. All right, have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.